is I sit here this morning, Matt Berry Show, ESPN College Football YouTube channel. I do so with Paul Feinbaum on October 1st. September's gone. October is here. And boy, do we have a Saturday to recap on the final Saturday of September. And where else are we going to start, Paul, than with a little hottie toddy, gosh almighty, who the hell are we? Well, we are the Ole Miss Rebels who outlasted LSU. And oh, by the way, Paul, find themselves very much alive in a wide open SEC West. Yeah, I think uh, it, it was certainly one of the great reversal of fortunes we've ever seen because uh, a week ago the, that team could not have looked any more ineffective. Uh, they did it. Lane Kiffin dialed up everything correctly. I mean, I have to uh, say this was his signature win at, at Ole Miss, uh, one of the most significant wins he he's had in, in really in, in his career. And it just ha- so happened Matt to come 10 years to the uh, day that he was fired at, at USC. I mean, there's, there's some bizarre uh, irony there, but, but, you know, as, as good as he was, the, de- the, the defense, the defenses were equally as bad on both sides. Uh, but, and, and, and as great as when, as it was, uh, there's Brian Kelly, uh, the pick of many to make it to the final four, some to even win the national championship, mm-hmm. essentially out of the playoffs by October 1st. Yeah, and that's that's to me one of the biggest surprises of this early college football season that we just turned the page to October and both LSU and Clemson not in the college football playoff mix. But with with Ole Miss, look, there there are two things about this for me. One, this was an Ole Miss offense that a week ago scored ten points against Alabama. They scored ten. They had an early success and they couldn't do anything the rest of the game, and somehow. They find a way against an LSU defense, who I think all of us thought was pretty capable. And Lane was like, you know what? Hell with it. If we're going to go toe-to-toe and score, my guys are going to outscore them. And Jackson Dart, phenomenal. Quinshot Judkins finally found his way out of a little – I don't want to call it a slump. He just hadn't really gotten going. 33 carries, 177 yards, and a touchdown. It was electric there in Oxford. And – to do that the way that they did it after the week that they just had, to me, Ole Miss is the SEC team of the week. We'll get to Kentucky in a minute because their season was on the line. We've talked about this. Ole Miss can't stub their toe in, in, in division anymore, in conference anymore. They did it early. And now you've got to wake up this Sunday morning in Oxford thinking, well, our SEC West is wide open. Why not us? Yeah, no. And, and, and listen, uh, he gets uh, Lane gets a lot of credit, Matt, for being one of the one of the great play callers, uh, and and he showed it. I mean, it, it was it was it was a classic case, and and I, I'm happy for him. I really think you know he he is, you know, it's easy to to criticize him, and I did, and and everyone else did as well, by the way, for losing to Nick Saban and playing games, and may, maybe he feels like he has to do something more than just go on the football field. But but against LSU, he was quiet all week. Uh, he, he, I think he was motivated by the criticism and, and he delivered, uh, and he showed why, uh, he has the reputation he, he, he does. And, and, and that I'm, I, I, I realized that Ole Miss is an SEC school, but it's not like Alabama and LSU. It, right. you, it, it's not, they're not on the same plane. Uh, and, and he has to use the portal and he has to use anything he can. And, and when, when, when he, when, the, when, the stars are aligned. He he shows, he he showed he showed out as one of the best coaches in the country. And you mentioned Atkins, and you know, he was nowhere to be found against Alabama. 
he came in large. Some people wondered if he was hurt against Alabama. I don't, I don't know, but it, did, it didn't matter. Uh, he was brilliant, and I, and and I, I'm I'm really glad to see it because it's they're not done yet uh, for the main reason that they still have to deal with A and M, yeah, which we'll get to later, and they have to go to Georgia. But you know what? That doesn't sound nearly as daunting as it may have a couple of weeks ago. There was a camera shot of Lane last night on the sidelines, and it was just this back and forth game. And you're like, oh, you know, it's just wildly entertaining. And Lane has this look on his face. He's like, is this going to happen to me again? Yeah. Like, are we really in this point? And then I started getting big picture with it with Dan Mullen sitting right there. I was like, is Lane sitting there thinking, like, it's just going to be impossible to get done here at Ole Miss, no matter what I do, no matter how hard I try, no matter what kind of guys I put through on the portal, no matter what kind of offense I put on the field, I'm just not going to be able to get it over on LSUs and Alabamas and AMs. And that's literally what I looked at him and thought he was thinking. And then his team finds a way to make one stop at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side of it, if you're Brian Kelly, look, LSU's as talented as anyone in the country. Jaden Daniels is playing his ass off. And now LSU, now the one loss out of conference to Florida State, this is their only blemish right now in the West. They had two losses last year playing in the SEC championship. It's not all done for LSU, but I had this as as shocking. Yeah. um, By the way, uh, this was one reason why why Kiffin seriously considered going to Auburn because he knows Auburn is is the kind of program you can get uh, much more success with. So, but but he stayed, and I'm I'm really happy for him. I I think the guy means well, in spite of all the the theatrics and the antics. Uh, He just tries to find an edge, and, and he finally found it last night. But Brian Kelly. Uh, is now going to start talking a lot about winning the West. Uh, and and by the way, that's all coaches talk about anyway, uh, while the media talks about the playoffs. But you'll hear him say, we can we can do what we did last year, get to Atlanta. Uh, but but his path is very tricky. And yeah, the, the, the criticism of him is going to rain down because, you know, with the defensive pieces that he has, it's hard to believe the amount of yards they gave up. Yeah, so let's just say... Look, and, and this is kind of the, the next topic I want to uh, pivot to because I, th- I think the SEC West is wide open. And if LSU wins out and Ole Miss gets another loss, then LSU is in the SEC championship. But I'm just telling you, Paul, with Max Johnson at quarterback, there's a different flow to what's going on at Texas A&M. And for me, as we wake up here on Sunday, October 1st, if I was doing an SEC West pecking order – I would again put Alabama up one, even though they still do it ugly. And I'd put AM at 1A and they play yeah. this weekend. I think AM's a completely different team with Max Johnson at quarterback. Yeah. And I, I felt like that as, as I was watching the Arkansas game, I was thinking if AM wins this game, watch out because they, they, they need momentum and they have it yeah. now. Uh, they've beaten two very average teams. But they've gotten out of it what they needed to get out of it. Some momentum zipping into Kyle Field Saturday. Where they, I think the feeling at AM, and I, I was there a week ago, is that we can beat Alabama. And this is not two years ago when it was a pipe dream that they, right. they, they handed. I mean, they, they know they can beat Alabama because Alabama, Alabama's defense has been fantastic. Their offense has moments. Um, but but this is going to be a different challenge than Ole Miss. Uh, but but I agree with you. Max Johnson uh, is dialing it up, and we've seen it before, where you know the guy that we didn't talk about comes in and maybe leads the team to something special. Yeah, and I would say 
AM's defense is why. Right. I think they have a shot to win the West because you you hit on it there. Alabama's offense has been okay. So if you've got a defense, it's really good against an offense that's okay. Then what's it come down to? It comes down to which offense can find a way to make a play on both really, really good defenses. And here's Alabama. I, I've, I haven't seen Saban lose his mind like that repetitively in a game in a long, long time, like he did last night. But again, we say they do it ugly. They beat Mississippi State 40 to 17. Milrow can make a play go from nothing to something. I, look, the, the, the big takeaway for me in the month of September yeah, Georgia out east. They've got Kentucky this weekend, which I think is going to be a little bit tougher game than people thought. But the SEC big picture, Paul, am I wrong to say that we we don't know enough to know enough about uh, maybe other than Georgia, who looks very gettable, that this conference is for the taking? You no, know, it is. And uh, <laughs> I, I think from, you know, not to obsess over Georgia because – I mean, I still feel like they're the number one team in the country, and I know it's easy to argue that point, uh, but you know, you, you're welcome to it. But yeah, I, I, I don't want to give too much credit to Auburn because you know they're they're not a really good they're not a good team at all. But uh, Georgia has you know, Georgia, Georgia let that game drag on, and to to its credit, uh, I mean, it delivered. And there was that was real pressure. Yeah, uh, having to deal uh, uh, with Jordan Hare Stadium late in the afternoon, uh, knowing that a mistake could blow your whole season apart. I mean, it, it's not like okay, it, it was in the bag. It wasn't, uh, and you know, thank thank goodness for Brock Powers uh, because I mean, he he pulled that team out in, in a way that uh, was simply magnificent to watch. But but Georgia, you know, the Kentucky game, uh, you know, being in Lexington over the weekend, I mean, they're good. Um, I think the bigger story there is Florida, but we'll get to that in a second. But but Mark Stoops has a very, you know, very good club. Uh, you know, they've been inconsistent at times this year. Yesterday, they, they just had a will. And... <laughs> And that Florida team, I, I don't, I'm, I'm really more confused about Tennessee as well. Because how in the world Tennessee let Florida run all over them, I'll never know. Yeah, that's kind of a, a great segue. We had Mark Stoops on with us yesterday during the mid-afternoon college football show. He was all dressed up, had a glass of bourbon right to his side, and he was a happy guy because he knows. I think he knows that he's got as physical a team as anyone in the country. And when you're a guy like Mark Stoops who prides himself on defense and physicality, he knows he can take a team against Georgia. And at least physical for physical, get them. But it's going to be up to Devin Leary to have a moment because Carson Beck had his moment yesterday with Brock Bowers at the end of that game. And so that gets that collision ready for the weekend. But yeah, Florida gets themselves back into the rankings. We thought that maybe Billy Napier could exhale a little bit because they got that win, their ranks, they get a little bit the momentum we're talking about. But then, it, I mean, Yesterday, they had 13 guys on the field at one point and still couldn't stop Ray. Yeah. And now you're back to the board if you're Florida. Yeah, you are. Um, you know, you play the schedule game for a second. Uh, two losses already. Back end of the schedule, Florida State, Georgia, <laughs> just for starters. Um, at LSU, Um so if you're doing the math, the games against Missouri and South Carolina, games that are not going to interest the country at all, are going to determine their their, their season. And I, didn't, I haven't seen much from this team, so uh, you know they can't they can't be you know hey talk about they can't be talking about Utah as much as they used to. So I mean they're really at, at the precipice. 
And, you know, they've got a you know, fairly comfortable path into Georgia, but that's going to be a defining game, how, how the tone and tenor of it, uh, because the season could end very badly for them. Yeah, and Missouri's just kind of sitting here, and we're doing this pre-new rankings coming out. They're sitting there 23rd and undefeated, and no one's talking about them. I mean, no. you're right. That's a swing game for a lot of reasons. Well, because Missouri, uh, you know, beat Kansas State on a 61-yard field goal that, you know, they, they probably deserved to lose the game the way the clock management went on. And other than that, uh, you know, what has Missouri done, Matt? No, I mean, look, they've got the undefeated record. They've got the SEC attached to them. I think that's helping them a lot in terms of the rankings. But when you look at it now, I find this conference fascinating going forward. Because, yeah, the Tennessee team that showed up against – I thought South Carolina could go into Knoxville and upset Tennessee yeah. based on what we saw from Tennessee at the Swamp. Completely wrong about that. And so who knows what we have here in October other than a bunch of chaos on tap, which I bet we will see in the next three to four weeks, starting next week uh, with Kentucky and Georgia being a big game and Alabama, Texas A&M being a really, really big game. A couple of other things I want to get to. We are set up for, for the Red River rivalry between Texas and Oklahoma. Here's what I'll say about Sark and Texas. Every year, at least to this point of the season, they come off a game where they look really, really good and then maybe lose a game they shouldn't. They haven't done that yet, Paul. They're still perfect. And I think you could make the argument based on this season alone on merit. You could argue they're the number one ranked team in the country because they've looked good. And we'll see it this weekend against Oklahoma. You know, as you frame the game, it's obviously a lot of history to it, uh, considering this is the last time not in the SEC. Uh, last year was just one of the worst days in Oklahoma history. And, you know, how that plays into this, no idea. Uh, truly have no idea what, you know, whether that's a factor or not. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big believer in those things, Matt. Um, but if Texas continues here, they're, they're, they're in a phenomenal position. Uh, they're no longer, hey, you know, this is a joke about Texas being back. I mean, they, they look legitimately back. And I I just wish this game was, uh, I, I wish they were already in the SEC because it just seems like a waste for these two schools who have been scorned and treated shabbily by the Big 12 in the schedule making to, to give that league a showcase. Yeah, and they're going to get it. And with what the Big 12 is looking at now, it's – it's look, I would bet we see these two teams again in the Big 12 championship because there isn't divisions and, and there aren't divisions in the Big 12. And so now you really have to look at it. And I've started trying to piece it together because this thing's wide open. <laughs> One through 18 of the rankings could probably find themselves in the conversation for a college football playoff spot. But when you look at it, Paul, the Big 12 can't afford more than one loss if you're Texas or Oklahoma. And so now you have to start piecing this thing together for conferences around the country. Which teams are we IDing as the one loss teams that could get into the playoff mix? Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I mean, I know a lot of my friends in the SEC are worried about uh, the, uh, about that scenario where you, you get a two loss Alabama team beating Georgia. <laughs> right. And, 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 and there's no, there's no easy answer. If that happens and a lot of chaos prevails elsewhere, but uh, it, it, yeah, it is a, it's been a fascinating season. Uh, and I know that, uh, you know, everybody is primarily talked about prime, but uh, the storylines out West uh, and, and across the country are, are downright phenomenal considering uh, what's already, what's already been determined. And you mentioned LSU and Clemson. 
I want to do out west. It's a, it's a good segue to uh, Southern Cal and Colorado. This is a pretty easy question. Who looks <clears throat> the part? Does USC look worse for letting Colorado back in it? Or does Colorado look better for not giving up and making this an onside kick game? I think USD's, USC's defense is a complete fraud. I mean, I I was told this week by one of our data people how much better they are. No. They're not. Um, so, <clears throat> I, I mean, that that USC is not winning the national championship. Uh, I mean, let's let's just get that established right now. I mean, for Caleb Williams to do what he's doing and 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 have to sit there at the end of the game uh, against a team that they are they are superior to on every on every level uh, and have to hold on for an onside kick is absurd. Yeah, I, look, this game was thirty four seven at one point. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, this could be 62 to 10 in a heartbeat. Right. And so I'm with you. USC's got all the glitz. They've got all the glamour. They've got the stars. They have everything they need to be a top flight billing. You're going to have to play defense when you're going to have to either contend with Oregon or Washington or some of these other schools. And this got Lincoln Riley back when he was in Oklahoma. They'd run through the regular season. They get to the college football playoff and couldn't stop anyone. And so... That's what's left for USC uh, after that game. And Paul, Notre Dame Duke. I want to touch on that. That that was not, I mean, ugh. For that game to happen at 7:30 in a long day, you're like, God, keep me awake cuz this was not the greatest game. Yeah, well fortunately, uh, you know, you 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 were just coming down from LSU Ole Miss. Right. You knew there was nothing left. I mean, you knew Alabama was going to be a snoozer, and can you stay awake till the end? If those 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 of us who had the choice, um, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I I mean, good for Notre Dame. Uh, you you were able to punch one in against Duke, which is a really nice story, and would have been an even better story had they won. But uh, they, and they had it. They had it. That sequence at the end of the game was brutal. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm not particular. Notre Dame can do whatever it wants the rest of the way. I'll, I'll probably not be all that interested in the <laughs> Southern Cal game. We're going to end it on this one. We're going to go back to our sports center days. Okay. First, I'm going to ask you to write the headline for the month of September. What is the Paul Feinbaum headline for September? Well, certainly being a head, a former headline writer in my first day on the job, I was so bad at it, they moved me off. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it has to start with prime. Um, and I don't think there's any way that you, you can say so, other than, you know, prime time, you know, wins the day because yeah. it, it was the story of the month. There were so many other stories that happened. But we will for, we will always remember uh, the you know the the air that Deion Sanders uh, took out of the rest of college football for five weeks. I would agree, and when you look at it, you, they're right. We could parse so many different storylines that that had to do with actual football. But I'm with you. September went to Folsom Field, Boulder, and Prime. Now, as we sit here, October first, write me the headline for October. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's it's going to remain out west uh I, I i i really believe it's oregon and washington I, I don't have the schedule in my head at the moment two weeks i believe so i mean I, I think that game uh may very well be the most important game of the year in college football uh ahead of all these games that we promoted 
uh, and thought in the SEC. And, and, I, and I think the second part of that is going to be watching the SEC uh, in the month of, you know, we, I, I gently brought this up on the SEC network yesterday. Somebody asked me about the story of September. I said, well, the yeah. SEC, a little underwhelming, <laughs> you know, commissioners over there. Uh, I mean, but it, it was more than a little underwhelming. Um, but I, I'm not, I'm not writing the SEC off yet, but Georgia to me is the second story of, of the college football season is, you know, what, what's up with them? Uh, is this just, uh, is this Rip Van Winkle snooze, a, a, a manifestation of right. a terrible schedule, uh, or is it real? Uh, they've still come back twice, uh, against very subpar teams, but I still give them uh, credit and I'll try not to sound like a high school coach at a pep rally, but that does help a team. Uh, when you know you can come back uh, home and away, it, it will, will it will give you the necessary elements that if you ever if you're ever in a serious uh, up against an upper division team later on. Yeah, and Georgia, by the way, going into, again, we got this pre-new AP Top 25. Georgia was the only SEC team in the top 10. That's it, the only team. And I think that'll change this week with with Alabama, might find their way up there uh, back into the top 10. But yeah, that's for me. If I'm writing a headline for October, it's buckle up because it's going to be wide open. Pacific Northwest, for some reason, is dominating college football with those four teams up there, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State. But if you look at what's ahead of us, Buckle up, because I find that this year there's going to be more chaos come college football playoff rankings, which happen, I think, on the first, I think it's Halloween. Yeah. This is the most chaotic thing we've seen in a while, because this thing appears to be wide open. So we will enjoy it on day one of October until day 31 of October. For the great Paul Feinbaum, I'm Matt Barry. Uh, everyone wear a seatbelt. Paul, wear a seatbelt this month, because it's going to get wild. I'm buckled in.